I think so many people think about creativity and we think artist and writer and some type of artistic work, but it's really, it's everything that we do. It's the way that we view the world. It's the way that we work and how we show up. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and teacher at karenhager.com. Now then, what is stopping you from pursuing your creative passions? Maybe you flash back to a really bad middle school art project experience like that time when you said you could create an illuminated manuscript and turn it in on the due date and on the night before you found yourself in your basement with a bunch of paints that you had from when you were four years old, trying and realizing you couldn't create an illuminated manuscript. I mean, maybe that was just, that's just a vague generalized, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Connor, I wasn't able to do the illuminated manuscript. So maybe you had a bad middle school art project experience Or maybe you were raised to value practicality and hard work and somehow somehow got the idea that opening to your creative gifts isn't practical and you can't take it anywhere. Well, Kate Volman is with me today, and she says that creativity is actually the key to living a happier, more fulfilling life. Are you ready to meet her? Kate Volman is CEO of Floyd Coaching and a multi-passionate leader, fitness enthusiast, podcaster, content creator, book lover, and author. Her enthusiasm and her passion for helping people explore their creativity, both personally and professionally, make her a sought-after speaker, trainer, and executive coach. Kate's new book is Do What You Love, a guide to living your creative life without leaving your job. And she's the host of two podcasts, Create For No Reason and Lead With Culture. You can find out more about Kate and everything she's doing at katevolman.com. Kate, welcome to Out of the Fog. Erin, thank you so much for having me. That was such a fun introduction <laughs> that you shared with your art project. Well, it wasn't really a personal story. I I just made it up on the spur that yes, it was me. And it was and Mrs. Connor was not, I mean, she was kind of mean if you didn't turn stuff in on time. And I, what was I thinking? So I am, if you're listening, Mrs. Connor, I'm I am sorry. Um <laughs> I also the very one of my first jobs was in magazine publishing. And um, they were teaching me to do layout, which at that time you did by like cutting things up and pasting them on a board and arranging them the way you wanted them to go. And I I so happily turned in my completed page mock-up and the person who was training me said, oh, that's, that's cute. And I thought, oh no, (laughs) what have I done? Oh my gosh, that's funny. (laughs) Besides illuminated manuscripts and bad page layouts, what is creativity mean to you? So creativity, it's funny because it's it's all of those things, right? It's essentially an idea that we have and we're bringing it to life. Like this, something that did not yet exist in the world. And then you have this idea and then in your form, whatever you feel called to kind of share this idea. Uh, And now it's out into the world, but it's not just, I think so many people think about creativity and we think artist and writer and some type of artistic work, but it's really, 
it's everything that we do. It's the way that we view the world. It's the way that we work and how we show up and how we communicate with our kids and our friends. And, and it's how we choose to create whatever form that is that, that calls you to create. So it is, it, it lives inside every single one of us. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about creativity, because I think so often, and you kind of talked about this in your intro, it's like, we, we forget that we're creative. Like when we're kids, we, we all think we're creative. We don't even think about it. We just are, we have these ideas and we, we try things and we don't, we're not worried about failing or looking stupid or any of that. And then, you know, as life goes on, those things kind of take over and then we have responsibilities and, and so creativity, we can't lose our creativity because it helps us grow. It helps us become who we're meant to be. So if we are, and at least I believe that even when we're not looking at our creativity, even when we think we're just trudging along, like doing whatever it is that we're supposed to do, our obligations, the things we're meant to do, we're still creative, aren't we? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's people don't consider themselves creative or a lot of people don't consider themselves creative when really you're your creativity is living inside of you and and you're doing creative things every single day. Like I said, it's the way that you show up. It's the way that you handle projects. It's the way that you work. It's how you communicate with your colleagues and your friends. And so for sure, you're, you're, you're using your creativity every day. I, I love this story of, there was a woman that I used to work with and she was in our finance department and she would always talk about how she, Oh, I'm, I'm not creative. You guys are the creative ones. I'm not creative. And and I had asked her to uh, just give me some numbers. I need. I was like, "Hey, will you run run these reports and give me some numbers?" And she shared with me this this document. And I said, "I just needed some numbers run." But she shared with me this document. Not only was it an Excel spreadsheet, she had the charts and the graphs and all the colors and all. And I was like looking at it, thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Not only was it incredible, but and I didn't even ask for it. But it was. It actually helped me. It supported me and what I really needed to see because those graphs and charts kind of helped me tell a better story in the presentation that I was putting together. But I didn't ask her to put those together. Her that that was her form of creativity. Like she loves numbers and she gets to use that love of numbers and create something that I wasn't thinking about it in that way. I didn't need it in that way, but she thought, oh, I know what Kate is asking for and I can provide this to her in a way that I think would be really helpful. And it was, and that's awesome. And that's what you get. That's what everybody gets to do in their work and in their life. When they're, I I see some parents that are so creative with their kids and think about, oh my gosh, I think about all the moms out there that have to be creative. And how am I going to do all of the things that is required of me today? It takes creativity to figure out how am I going to navigate and pick up the kids and make dinner and do all the things and get to work. And I mean, we've got to use our creativity in order to make things happen. So in the book, you talk about connecting with people who feel like um, there should be more. And you talk about introducing the idea of creative pursuits to help them start to bring some of the more back in. So I'm thinking about the woman who told you the Excel spreadsheet woman who told you she wasn't creative. And then she turned out to be beautifully, colorfully creative. How can creative pursuits and and what are they? How can they help us start to feel into that more? 
Yeah. So our creative pursuits are those soulful activities that bring joy to our life. And it's different things for different people. So it's singing, dancing, photography, pottery, cooking, gardening, jujitsu. It's it's whatever it is that really is calling you. And I believe that your creative pursuits are inside of you for a reason. Like there's a reason that you are drawn to one creative pursuit over another. Like this is what makes life so beautiful is that your creative pursuits are different than mine and different than every single person listening. And when we tap into that creativity, it provides so much joy and because of that, when we, you know, when, when I think about or or what's been so fascinating about the book is just the responses that I've gotten from people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what the book was intended to do. I have a, a chiropractor reached out to me and said, you know, I was I'm so busy. I have so many patients every day. And he has a new daughter and a young daughter. And so there's life obviously, you know, family and taking care of kids and wives and all the things. And he said, I used to love to play the guitar. Like I loved it. It just, I it just brought so much joy to my life and I haven't played in so long. And he said, your book just inspired me. He said, I actually started, he goes, I took out my guitar and because I don't really have a lot of time at home with the kids and stuff, he said, I brought it to the office. And I started playing in between patients. Oh. And he said, not only does it make my day better and I become, I'm a better chiropractor for it because I have more, you know, I'm, I'm more joyful when my patients come in and I'm more engaged with them, but it's also a really great conversation starter. Cause now they're like, oh my gosh, what's this guitar doing here? I didn't know that you played. And then you, then it starts conversations about music and what that's like. And then some of their creative pursuits. And so when we tap into our creativity in those ways, even if you only have five minutes, even if you only have a little bit of time to, you know, play the piano or dance a little bit or listen to your favorite song and go take a walk or whatever it is, all of that stuff just fills you and fuels you to help you become a better team member and entrepreneur and mother and all the th all the things that we get to be in life. So why was it so important for you to write this book? Because this is a creative pursuit for you too. Yeah, for sure. It's a creative pursuit that I've had in my heart for a decade. I hate to even say it because, you know, I, I encourage so many people to go after their dreams. And I really had this one in my heart for so long. And a, a big reason why I wanted to write this book is because I feel very fortunate that I have always tapped into my creative pursuits. I don't really know any other way. One of my first roles out of college was at a chamber of commerce, and it really helped define my career. I mean, that's where I met so many incredible entrepreneurs, and I met people that ran nonprofits, and I learned a lot more about advocacy and the importance of community and and all of these things, it really influenced my career in a in a big way. And my boss at the time, he, <laughs> I was always in roles where like they were kind of new. So I was at some point uh, 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 the director of programs and I came up with all of these programs for a chamber of commerce. So I came up with our women's program and our young professionals and our, 
and our small group gatherings for our CEO members. And it was so much fun, Karen. I had the best time working there because I was creating all of these really cool opportunities for all of our members. And while I was doing that, I thought, oh my gosh, I really once um, this was this is way back when I'm aging myself, but this is like before social media, like Facebook had just started becoming a thing. And so was YouTube and podcasting and all this stuff started coming out. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in video. So I got a little pink flip cam and I started doing videos. And then I was like, what's this podcast thing? And I met some guy that taught me how to podcast. And so I started this podcast. I mean, again, this is years and years ago, but and before all this stuff was just the norm and it just didn't occur to me to not explore it. And so I share some of the things that I created throughout my career. And as all of us, we all evolve and we all grow. And so because I I always tapped into my creativity, there were other things down the line that started that I started getting really excited about exploring. And at some point I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I I really enjoy writing. And what would that look like? And I reached out to the to the local magazine and I said, hey, can I have a column in your magazine? And they gave me a column. I mean, these are things that like I didn't think. I just didn't think about it. You know, so many times we stop ourselves from pursuing something because we kind of get too in our heads. Yeah. And back then in my 20s, uh, I didn't think about it. And so I wanted, because I feel so blessed that I had so many incredible mentors that didn't say no. They said yes. Like they said yes when I asked them if I could create or if I could in, in if I could interview them or if there were any opportunities that uh, if I had an opportunity or I thought about uh, wanting to explore something, I just had so much support. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. It's not the case for everyone. And so I wanted to be able to be that support for people because I'm I feel so grateful that there's so many people that I met from the Chamber of Commerce to really all of the different roles that I've had in my life, I've just met really wonderful people that have always inspired me. And so if I can do that for someone else, then I want to be that because I truly believe that I, I have worked for myself. I've worked for other people. I've had a really wonderful career and I have always, always had these little side projects and these little things that just bring me so much joy that just make me so happy that connect me with other people and different communities and just help expand my world. And that's why we're here. So it just, it was just really important for me to, to help other people believe, like get back into their creative pursuits, to believe that they are creative, to believe that no matter where you are in your life. And even though things are challenging, there are things that, that you can control and you can control some time that you spend on your creative pursuits and, and just see the kind of what engagement that will bring uh, to your life. Beliefs are important. I think, especially around creativity because, and you share this in the book that we may hold kind of um, incorrect ideas or make assumptions about creativity in ways that stop us from even just allowing ourselves to do something fun or pleasant or surprising, like ask, can I create that? Or can I have a column in your magazine? What are some of the things, the beliefs that stop us from pursuing our creative pursuits? So in the book, as you know, I share the seven myths 
that stop people from pursuing their passions. And it was so interesting, Karen, when I was thinking about the seven myths, because, you know, there's just so many things that stop us, but, you know, they are things like feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you need permission. So often we're waiting for permission. We're waiting for someone to say, Hey, you have this gift, go do something with it. Which, and that happens sometimes. And that's a beautiful thing when we have mentors and friends that encourage us, but, but everyone's kind of caught up in their own lives. So we don't need permission to pursue any of our dreams. We give ourselves permission. There's not enough time is a huge one. That's myth number five. There's not enough time. And hey, (laughs) that's like a whole book in and of itself, I feel like. Um, I will say what's interesting is a lot of people have reached out to me talking about myth number six about, uh, and myth number six is it has to be perfect. And so often we stop ourselves from getting out of our comfort zone because we feel like if we're going to pursue something, we've got to be good at it already. Like if I'm going to start an art project, it better be the Mona Lisa. Like, no, like that is not what happens when we start to pursue something that we're not good at yet. We have to be very comfortable in what I called the messy middle and be okay with perfection. I, I had a woman reach out to me the other day and she said, oh my gosh, I basically highlighted the entire chapter of myth number six. And I think that especially women, we are just very much caught up in that myth of feeling like it's got to be perfect, even though it's so, so fascinating. The human condition is fascinating because we know that nothing is perfect, nothing, no matter how hard we try, yet we all strive for perfection and we get so down on ourselves when it's not, instead of allowing ourselves to play And just be okay with the messy middle. Be okay with mediocre when you start and know that you're just going to get better and better over time. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Kate Volman. Her new book is Do What You Love, a guide to living your creative life without leaving your job. You can find out more about Kate and her work at katevolman.com. You can find her on YouTube where she posts new videos regularly, youtube.com slash media. So Kate, this, this, that subtitle is um, live your creative life without leaving your job. And one of the things that for me, I know gets, I get caught up in is an idea that if I'm good at something, I must be supposed to turn it into some kind of business. And then that just makes me want to take a nap under my desk forever and ever. (laughs) So can you speak into that a little bit? How can we live our creative life without leaving my job? Like how, how does that work? (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting because I, we live in this incredible world now where we can turn our passion projects into a business, right? Like we're, people are doing it every day. I mean, I look at some of these kids making millions of dollars on their YouTube channels and, uh, and being able to create it and make it and earn a living, which is awesome. That's one way, that's one direction to go. But there are so many people that feel that for them, you know, maybe your creative pursuit is you just want to dance. You want to learn to dance. You don't need to go try to be a choreographer or go on tour with JLo to to enjoy dancing. And so you, we, and, and I also work with so many people who they really enjoy their work. They like their job. They enjoy the, they enjoy going into the office. They enjoy their team, but there's still this little thing, this little, whether it's, 
music or art or photography or whatever it is that that they just really love tapping into on the weekends and at night when they come home. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And so we have to get really real with ourselves. What creative pursuits do you really find so much joy in? Like it doesn't matter to ever turn it into a business. And then for some people that want to turn it into a business, like you just have to be very clear on what your goal is. Like if your goal is to turn your passion into a business, then it's a very different direction than just, hey, I just want to, I just want to live with more joy and passion and engagement and excitement and optimism, right? Like that's a very, that comes from a place of, that means I just, I just want to create to create. And I, there's this beautiful story that I, I, I didn't, I don't share it in the book, but Kurt Vonnegut, um, he got this letter written to him from these kids at a school. And these kids were, the assignment was to write to an author and invite him or her to come to their class. And these kids wrote their some authors uh, uh, an invitation to come. And unfortunately, I, d- I don't think they really received much of a response, but Kurt Vonnegut, he actually didn't, although he didn't come and show up to their class, he did write them a beautiful note. And it was such a beautiful, (laughs) it was so awesome for these kids to receive this note. And I'll kind of summarize it, but if you're interested, you should definitely Google it and and read the whole thing. But he basically says, I'm so flattered that you asked me to come in. And and at the, towards the end, he said, you have to tap into your creativity just for the sake of it. And he said, this is what I want you to do. This is your homework assignment. Take out a piece of paper and write a poem, write a poem. And when you're done, rip it up, rip it up, and then put it into all these different trash cans along the way when you, when you're walking home. And he said, and no one's going to see it. You did it for no one other than you. You ripped it up and now it's like gone, but it'll change you like that act alone of creating that will change you in some way. And so I, the reason why that resonates with me so much, and and I hope that it does uh, the listeners too, is because it's like, yes, like create like that. That's why I called my podcast create for no reason, like just create, but there is, it's, it's kind of this double meaning create for no reason, but also there is a reason because it brings you joy. Like you don't have to figure out how I'm going to turn this passion into a business. If all you want to do is just get started. Like if you want to start a YouTube channel tomorrow, great, start it. And maybe down the line, you'll love it so much and you'll figure out ways to potentially turn into a business. Or maybe you'll decide, Hey, I just love doing these videos and that's all. Like it doesn't really matter, but the act of creating is going to change you in so many different ways. And I talk about this idea of a passion loop in my book. And the passion loop is essentially when we're stuck, we're stuck in this phase of you have this idea. And like I just mentioned a YouTube channel. So let's say I have this idea. I want to start a YouTube channel. And you think I want to do that. And almost immediately before you even think about what that would look like, you start making all these excuses. I don't have enough time. Who am I to, to, to put together a YouTube channel? It's, I don't have the right lighting. I don't have the right camera. And we get stuck. So we don't do anything. And so now what happens is like a week later, two weeks later, maybe a month later, you think about it again. Gosh, I really want to do that YouTube channel. And you don't. 
So how do we break free from the passion loop? We break free from the passion loop by taking one step by saying, you know what? Today's going to be the day that I finally actually do it. I'm going to stop procrastinating or making excuses. I'm just going to take out my phone. We all have a phone, a computer, something I'm going to say, and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to record a video and I'm going to upload it to YouTube today, right now, immediately. And that simple act alone is going to change you in so many ways. Now you're going to have one video and now you're going to be excited to do the next video. And now you can start getting better at the videos. And now you're going to start meeting other people that are doing YouTube videos and you can start connecting and building community. And you're going to have more, you're going to have some fun and you're going to meet new people and have new experiences. And all of these different things are going to show up in your world that weren't there yesterday. They are there today. And man, that gets exciting. You get so exhilarated because you're you're introducing new things into your world, which is awesome because that helps us become the best version of ourselves. And so uh, I I don't even remember the the question, but <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But this is good. This is good stuff. I'm thinking about the flip side of that too, though, Kate, which is that it also it it brings freedom and it can also bring resilience. I love to knit. I will never be a professional knitter and don't intend to. One of the things that I love about that particular creative pursuit for me is that sometimes I'll try to knit something and try a different kind of yarn or try a different pattern. It doesn't work sometimes. And you look at it, that great big tangled knot of yarn, and there's something kind of wonderful about laughing at it and going, well, that happened. Now, what do I want to do about it? How do I want to untangle it? I think sometimes we put so much weight on our creative dreams, especially when we're not following them. We put so much weight on them that the thought of them not working becomes a reason that we don't do it. Um, And sometimes maybe just pick up the yarn and knit. And if it turns into a big ball of yuck, you can go, well, there's a big ball of yuck onto my next prog- onto my next project. And that to me helps me, helps remind me of my resilience in other areas of my life. You can make mistakes. That'll be okay. And try new things. Yeah. I love that, Karen. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, you're, that's like the mess that I feel like that's the, um, the imagery of the messy middle. That mm. yarn all in a bowl on a ball. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> this is the messy middle that you get to say, oh, I well, okay, well, now you know for next time, you know what not to do, which is awesome because it helps push you forward. Well, and it's like the poem scattered in all those trash cans, not the the point of writing a poem is not always so that someone will read it and hand you the Pulitzer Prize. Right. When when you write the poem or when I knit with the yarn, it's an expression of mm-hmm. how I'm feeling or what I want to create or what I'm experimenting with. It our creation, our creativity isn't always about another person. It's it's an expression of our desire to grow and change. It feels to me. Yes. Yes. Like there are things that are meant to be shared and there's things that aren't. And Mm -hmm. poetry is one that I, I started exploring poetry a couple of years ago. And Karen, I was, I I didn't want to share my poems with anyone. I was like, are you kidding me? No, I suck at this. It wasn't anything that I was good at, but I really just loved it. And so I started reading more about writing and I started reading more poetry and I started discovering new poets and authors. And I just got so into it. And I can't even believe that I wrote some poems that I included in the book. 
if you would have told me I would have included poems in my book, I would have definitely thought you were lying because <laughs> just a few years ago, I didn't want to share them. And I write plenty of poems that will never see the light of day. I wrote them for me. Right. And that's, that, that is, that is a beautiful thing. That's why I talk about journaling so much. Journaling is such a powerful practice. Just getting your thoughts out of your head and onto the page. That is your form of creativity and creating that you need. It's like, it's like your life. It's like oxygen. When you start writing and you start to really formulate those ideas that you've had in your head or some of those deep down emotions that you don't know what else to do with and you write them out. Oh my gosh, there's just nothing better. And I work with a lot of really successful people. And I often will give them journaling prompts and just that act of writing helps them. And it doesn't, it's, it's not meant to be shared. And I have some clients that say, Hey, I, I write it all out. It helps me so much. I figure things out. And then I rip it up because they're like, I don't want anyone finding this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's awesome too. I keep all my journals because I think it's so much fun to look back and Hey, if my uh, little nephews and niece ever find it and (laughs) when I'm gone, they're like, wow, our aunt Kate, this is what she had to say about life. <laughs> or they probably will just throw them away. Either way, doesn't matter to me. I'll be gone. <laughs> well, the act of creation itself is something sacred. It's not so much about the product of the creativity. It's the it's allowing ourselves to open to that act of creativity, to the inspiration. Yeah. And and what the end result is, the ball of yarn or your beautiful poem, or it doesn't matter what, it, a cake that didn't rise, or I don't know, an Academy Award-winning film. It's, it's less, if I'm understanding you, it's less about what we, in quotes, get out of it, and more about what we put into it, how we feel led through it, what the ways in which we'll open up to allow ourselves to create. Yes. Yeah. Allow, allow yourself to create. I talk in the book, I talk about our, your return on creating your rock, you know, businesses, we talk a lot about what's your return on investment. Well, what about your return on creating Mm -hmm. your return on creating is so powerful because it gives you more energy and passion and enthusiasm for everything else that you do. I can't tell you how many times I speak with people that say, I started taking dance lessons again. I got back into yoga. I started teaching Pilates or or taking photography classes. And I get, it just has infused my passion for life. I, I, like people that say, I, I'm so excited to wake up in the morning now because I know that, you know, after work, I'm going to go take a photography class or I'm going to go to the park and, and shoot some photos. Like it gives us a lot more passion because we have something that we really, that we're really excited about. Kate, how can listeners connect with you? The simplest way, I feel it's so funny because everyone can find everyone online now, but you could go to katevolman.com. And that, that connects you to all my social media channels and all that stuff. I do um, weekly videos on my YouTube channel. So if you're interested and curious to learn a little bit more about uh, what I talk about in the book, and then really just how to live a more creative and fulfilling life, I would love for people to join me over there at katebullman.video. And you're still using your pink flip camera, right? To do <laughs> that? from. <laughs> I remember you know- those. I know, right? It's so funny. When I worked at the chamber, it was so funny how all like so many members would say, oh my gosh, here comes Kate with her pink flip cam. And (laughs) don't, don't bother her. She's going to ask you to be on camera. But yeah, that was, I have to find it. I'm sure I still have, you know, what I found the other day is my purple um, Blackberry. 
a black i had a blackberry in 1999 the year my oldest son was born i had a blackberry i remember those um oh, yeah oh yeah we got to break out all the all the old school technology that's right <laughs> kate thank you so much for talking with us what great fun thank you oh karen thank you so much i really appreciate you and and your podcast and the messages that you're sharing in the world so you keep you keep creating thank you i've got some yarn right here Um, I've been talking with Kate Volman. Her new book is Do What You Love, A Guide to Living Your Creative Life Without Leaving Your Job. You can find out more about Kate and her work at katevolman.com. That's K-A-T-E-V-O-L-M-A-N.com, katevolman.com. Check out that YouTube channel as well, where you'll find a new video every week made on something more sophisticated now than that pink um, flip camera. And of course, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me if that feels aligned. And if you're looking for more out of the fog content, obsessive uh, chronicling of the jigsaw puzzles that I like to do, that's one of my creative pursuits. No, I'm not going to be a professional jigsaw puzzler, but man, those are fun. And what a great way to wind down at the end of the day. Do you find pictures of what I'm working on and sometimes knitting stuff and occasionally Maisie the dog? You can find me on Instagram where I am Fog City Psychic. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.